Welcome to Doing Big Things. I'm Brett McDermott, and every week we are going to explore the systems, mindset, and habits that are allowing people to take action on their dreams and be the hero of their own story. My hope is that you walk away from every episode with new tools and strategies that will help you to realize your full human potential and do big things in your own life. I appreciate you being here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the DBT. That's the Doing Big Things podcast, if this is your first time here. And today I am fired up because we're joined by one of the fastest growing mental performance coaches in the game. He helps athletes and entrepreneurs get their head right so they can maximize their potential. He's grown a huge following on Instagram. He hosts an enormously popular podcast, The Determined Society. And today we're going to pick his brain. We're going to try and figure out how to level up our own own mental game sean french thank you for being on the show my man dude thank you so much bro that that intro was freaking amazing thank you dude you know from a fellow podcaster i I certainly appreciate that compliment right we we gotta we gotta make the intro as impressive as possible but talking about you it's not that tough i'll be honest with you man you've really grown a really impressive of brand here and really not too long of a time, which is really what, what's super impressive about it. I mean, when did you really, I mean, you grew up in Northern California, Mm -hmm. you know, you earned an athletic scholarship at Louisiana state university. Uh, You know, you were a rock star outside salesman. And now, you know, now you're like this quickly ascending thought leader. You've got 50,000 Instagram followers. Your podcast is killing it. Like when did you decide that it was kind of in your heart to like coach, to inspire, to teach? Uh, And what did that transition look like? Dude, that's a great question, man. So I remember, um, you know, there, there was a time probably around 2014, I was introduced or 15, I was introduced to Andy Frisella's MF CEO project. Okay. I was wanting more in life. And one of my clients, her name is Chantel. Um, I, I love telling the story because I love this lady and she, you know, unknowingly opened my eyes to this whole world. So she asked me because she was my client. We're sitting down there at a Starbucks and we were doing a payroll deal. Okay. 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 And she goes, how are you? I'm like, I'm great. Thank you. It's good to see you again. She goes, no, how are you really? What are you masking? I'm like, what? She goes, your energy's off. I'm like, excuse hmm. me. And I was like, well, you know, I got, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, I'm not really, you know, this, that. And she goes, you know what? You need to listen to this. Uh, do you know who Andy Frisella is? I go, no, I don't. And she goes, you need to listen to his, his podcast called MF CEO Project. I'm like, all right, cool. So I listened to it. This is way back in the day, man, before Andy Frisella was a household name. Okay. And I'm like, okay, so I like it. And he's giving entrepreneurial advice and how to become an entrepreneur and how to be super successful and, you know, and be the guy, right? And so I started listening to it and digesting it. And all of a sudden, like a chamber of my mind started to open, like thinking, I want more. I want more. I want to do more. I want to be more and I want to give more. And I always thought like, man, it'd be so so cool one day if I could have my own podcast, you know, just like when it's time, I'll have the studio and I'll just do, you know, I'll just inspire people. And, um, it didn't really work out that way. Right. It it was one of those things where I'm a coach by nature because I'm a baseball coach as well. Mm -hmm. I wear very many hats and, you know, I was sitting there one day, um, I was probably right around when COVID started the first year of COVID in 2020 was July and I was super fat, 
Like, so <laughs> me, and my, <laughs> me and my family, we go to the beach and I'm like hiding behind my wife, taking pictures sure. you know, like this, like there's my face and there's my arm. So you can see how fucking fat I was. And you know, <laughs> true story, dude, yeah, I, can show, sure. I can show you the picture. Um, and, uh, and I, and I just, we, we, we finished the vacation and I, we were on the way home and I just looked at her. I go, I gotta do something. She was what, what's wrong? I go, I gotta join a program or something. I gotta do something. It's like, I'm so out of shape. I'm a former division one athlete. This is not good. Like nothing good's going on. Right. And other than my sales career, right. I was just trading time for money. Sure. Super stressed, working on holidays, all these different, you know, things that, you know, would make someone puke if they really had to do it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm like worrying about, you know, selling payroll bills on fucking Christmas. That's no, nowhere to be. Right. Not There's ideal. Time for not family. ideal. Yeah. It's terrible. Right. So, and she goes, what are you talking about a program? Like, I was like, I don't know, like a, like a weight program, like a, you know, something. So we get home that day and I, and I, and I'm sitting in bed and I'm scrolling on Instagram. Right. I wasn't really, I, I think I had like 800 followers on Instagram at that time. I'm just scrolling. Sure. And then Andy Priscilla comes up. It's talking about 75 hard. I'm like, Ooh, what's that? What's 75 hard. That seems like scary. So I'm going to click on it, you know, and it came from Andy's page. So I knew it was okay. And it was like basically two workouts a day, 45 minutes. One has to be outside. The other one can be indoors, but the out the one outdoors, you had to get it done. Like no matter rain, sleet, snow, whatever, one right. of the workouts had to be outside. And I'm not talking about in a garage out in the elements. So it's hard, you know, no cheap meals, gallon of water, progress, pick 10 pages of professional development reading every single day. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do that. And I just made the decision because I hadn't eaten that day. I was like, okay. well, today okay, can be cool. day one. Boom. Day one, motherfucker. Here we go. Let's do this shit. I'm starting. This is good. I download the app and I go from like 218 pounds to 180 pounds. Wow. Wow. And 40 pounds in 75 days. Oh, that's pretty wild. Very. I mean, if you look back at it, very unhealthy, right? I mean, you're talking about a huge swing and sure. you know, when, when you're that, when you, when you, when you have that much of a weight change, mm -hmm. the pendulum comes back even harder, dude. Like it, you, you know, so oh, yeah, I've, I've seen it. I've done it myself. I, I did whole 30. I lost like 20 pounds in 30 days and I yeah. gained, I gained it all back. And then some, I think a yeah, year 10 later. minutes, right. Yeah. <laughs> once, you had that, once you had that processed food, you're like blown up hundred percent. So, so, um, throughout 75 hard though, I had these, these moments. So I was really frustrated with what I was doing. Right. I was like, I, there's more, I meant for more. My purpose is bigger. I don't know what it is. It got to a point where it was frustrating me so badly. Like I was so angry. Like I'm, I'm getting in this great shape, but like, I didn't want to just be a medical device sales rep. I wanted to do that, but I also wanted to inspire. I want to coach people and help people, but I didn't know it yet. And then all of a sudden, like, I just start, someone asked me like, Hey, they wanted me to do this, like direct sales thing, like this multi-level marketing, whatever. Sure. Like, but you got to build your brand first. I'm like, well, what's my brand? What are you talking about? She goes, I don't know. Ask your community. I'm like my, like what my HOA, like what the fuck? <laughs> they just know me as a guy that's running around everywhere. Right. Right. And she goes, no, your, your, your Instagram, your Facebook community. So what I so it's like, okay, we'll explain. She goes, I need you to take a picture, put a picture of yourself on your stories and say, what is the first word you see when you look at me? What's the first word that comes to your mind when you look at me? 
Yeah. And I got some great ones for my friends. Like it's a douchebag, (laughs) dipshit. Right. So we did not direct the brand in that, in that direction. Yeah. So I'm like, well, it's not dipshit. I can't put that one out there. (laughs) But a lot of, a lot of what came back was coach baseball, but an astronomical amount came back. Determination, determined, determined, determined. And so from that point on, I was like, I just want to wake up in a, in a, in a determined society where people wake up and chase their fucking dreams, no matter how they feel. Right. Because they, they have this higher purpose. They know there's a bigger calling. And there so it is. I, slapped, there it is. I slapped the word the on it. So the determined society and I created a Facebook page and I'm driving down the road one day and all of a sudden I'm like, fuck, I could build, I could do a podcast. Why not? And it sucked, bro. It, <laughs> Brett, my, my first recording, I'm sitting in this, this den. Cause I'm in a den right now. Nice. And, and it was just shit was everywhere. Yeah. I'm talking into my cell phone and it just sucked, man. But dude, like people were listening to it and I'm getting text messages. Hey bro. Saw you do that podcast. It's really cool, man. Wait, dude, fucking keep going. I'm like, okay. And then I would go to the gym and I would come out and I would have a thought. It would have a download and then I would get on my, the anchor app and I would drop us episode. Right. And it was very inconsistent at the beginning, but eventually once I learned, I can take the zoom Cause I was using zoom back then right, right. Now, right now I use Riverside just like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I took my zoom recordings. And I started uploading them to anchor cause you know, as a creator, you got the video feature earlier. Right. Right. And that's when it started happening, dude. Very like, cool. And, and, and for a while it was like, no one was listening. No one was watching. It was like, you know, crickets. But then all of a sudden, like my interviewing skills got better. The guests got better. The conversations got better. And here we are. So you started the podcast during COVID. Yeah. Started the podcast, started putting out, you know, personal development type content during COVID. You had 800 followers. Now we're over 50,000. Yeah. And you know, that, that's a really, that's a huge ascension in a very short amount of time. Very short amount of time, dude. And and dude, and there's, there's some in there and and I've always been very honest about this. You know, at the very beginning, there was some like giveaway shit, you know, that I thought I had to do. And I, you know, built up followers, not all of them are bought. Right. But there's some in there. And I think like a lot of the big people you see 1.7 million with the way the shit's going right now, the algorithms like, dude, there's some, there's some bot followers and there's, there's some things in there that, you know, and if you look at engagement, you know, that's the one thing I'm not doing. I'm not paying for engagement and you can smell it. You can see it when people do it because they'll post it and 10 minutes later, there's like 3000 likes. Sure. Sure. It's not the way it's not the way the algorithm works now, guys. This is a highly competitive space that we're in. And when I mean space, I mean, you know, social media in general. There's like how many users on Instagram? I don't know, but a lot. Billions. <laughs> I, billions. I, not, a lot of, not a lot of people are seeing your shit is my is is my point. For sure. So yeah, you know, to your point, there there was an astronomical growth. You know, some of it is, you know what you would call like giveaways or, or what of what of that, but not, not a, not a large majority of them, but um, the giveaway people still have to like you and stick with you. You know, do. they're, they're, yeah. they're still real people. They're not yeah. like, they're not bots. You know what I no, mean? No. It's, it's not like the guy that has, you know, 600,000 followers and gets 13 likes on a photo. Like those are bots. Like there's yeah. a difference. I mean, I know, I know a lot of really successful bloggers that have like half a million, millions of followers and a, and a big portion of them, were you know gotten through giveaways it's just it's a tactic that works it has worked yeah. it's, it still works but they still have to like what you're putting out there to stick with you and sure do, i mean there if 
Otherwise, they're just going to leave you. So obviously, you're putting out quality content to retain that type of following. And anyone who's tried to build an Instagram following or brand can appreciate reaching 50,000 followers, however the hell you did it. And I think it's it's definitely something that's pretty cool. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate that. It was hard, dude. It's like a lot of, you know, a lot of consistency, a lot of posting, right? And a lot of just being myself you know i think what you'll find is if you watch a video and, and now you're experiencing it right it's like you you watch videos of me like on my social media you're getting that guy right now if if i gave you my address and you knocked on the door randomly you would get the same fucking energy right that for me has been the one thing that i always told myself that i would continue to do is be myself and be authentic and not use these words as buzzwords but like truly be that person you know, like to your point, like you hit me up and you're like, Hey man, I want to have my show. I'm like, dude, take, thanks for connecting. Let's man, let's roll. Like, let's, 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 let's melt the mics, man. Let's melt you know? the mics. Love that. Let, let, let's just me melt these things right on the table melt, at, at six, six, 17 PM on a Tuesday. Let, so, let, let, let's do it. But why I, but I totally agree with that. I think that, you know, being authentic to your audience, uh, they're going to feel that it's going to resonate with them. If you're preaching something that you're not following, they're going to feel that too. You know, maybe they're not going to really notice it in a logical sense, but they're just not going to feel your message as if it were delivered from someone who's actually doing what they say to do. You know, I think if, if you're teaching the public to do something, you're coaching them to do something, you best be damn be doing it yourself too, or yeah. otherwise you're, you're totally out of alignment and your message is not going to land the way it should. I'm smiling because like, dude, there was a moment of that. There was a moment of that for me. And I think, I'd be remiss not to talk about it, right? So I had a little bit of a skin cancer scare, I don't know, maybe last year, around a year ago this time, okay? okay. And my wife had to go to Ecuador, you know, for her, you know, her school reunion. And prior to her going, I got the whole thing shaved off, you know, and tested. And, you know, it was precancerous. It was fine. You know, it's gone. But, like, it got me out of the gym a little bit because it was uncomfortable, right? Like, I felt like the the burning and then mm -hmm. I didn't have anybody to put the patch back on. So I made all these excuses. So then hurricane Ian happened. Like, and I don't know if you, you probably did hear about hurricane Ian here in Florida last year with a 15 foot storm mm -hmm. surge. And it sure. Just, sure. It was nasty. Well, I live in Fort Myers, but I live about 20 minutes away from the beach. So we were safe here. My point is I fell off and I fell off hard. Right. And I noticed, and I started looking at my show analytics. I'm like, nothing's sticking right now. Like what's going on? Like, why all of a sudden I'm having these great guests, no one, not as many people are listening. And then I realized, what was it? You know, once I got back on track two, three months ago and I started doing the work consistently, like as you spoke about, like doing what I'm coaching others to do, I have an, you know, elite mindset. I started being that guy again. And then the numbers started going up again. And the conversations I'm having on my show are much better. The content that I'm putting out my short form videos People are, I, I ran into my buddy at, at, gymna at gymnastics last night because my daughter, my youngest is in gymnastics. He goes, bro, your message is fire again. It's fire again. I'm like, what do you mean? And he, I just looked at him I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, no, I'm like, I'm not offended. I'm curious. He's like, dude, for a while there, man, you know, your gut started getting a little bit and I was worried about you. I, you know, the stress got you and your, and your voice wasn't as powerful. It's come back. And he go, and I hadn't seen you. And you know, now I'm seeing you and you're looking lean again. So I'm like, yeah, man, the two are connected, dude. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
Yeah. I think for anyone, you know, I yeah. think if you're fit and you're in shape and you're eating healthy, it's going to make everything about your life more powerful. And the message you deliver is going to land more powerfully. Mm-hmm. So I, just to touch on like 75 hard really quick, have you done it multiple times or just the I one have. time? You've I done have. it multiple there times, two, right? Yeah, two to three times. Um, you know, man, but you, what I realize, and this is, this is not true for everybody. So we're talking like 150 hard here. We're talking like, you know, two, two twenty five hard. I know the first time, the first time I was super intense. Like I did 75 phase one, phase two. I didn't get to, I didn't even attempt phase three. I don't even know what the phases are. I, I thought it was just the, the reading and the, and the two workouts and the no cheat meals. No, dude. It goes like, so the first 75 days and then you take, you can take a little bit of a break or go right into it. You have phase one, which is 30 days. Then you got to take a 30 day break and then do phase two, then another 30 day. And you, okay. or then for phase two, you got to wait until month 11 and you got to do phase three. Got it. Okay. So I had no idea. So it could really go on for a long time, but if you go, if you go through the, all those phases, I mean, you're, you're like a different person. At the you're end a different of that. person. And, and, and again, like I may do it one day when my mindset is to the point where I'm doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And this is what I wanted to touch on before I was doing it for punishment, punishing yourself, punishing myself because I was so unhappy with who I was so unhappy with how I looked. And so I thought, the only way to achieve great results and look a little bit better and, and be okay with taking my shirt off in public was to punish myself through something so extreme. And, you know, to a point where the first, the first time I did it, I went plant-based. Really? That's why I lost all that weight. Like I was emaciated. So you lost a lot of muscle along with fat and, and fat. Yeah. I mean like, but the reality was like, I couldn't do, like if I were to, you know, grab twenties, twenty fives and 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 do curls, like I was I was gassed at twelve. Gotcha. Like gotcha. I mean on set one, dude, I was just not strong, right? I looked weak. But my point of that is where where now when I'm working out and, and again, I've partnered with First Form. Um, you know, that's where I get my supplements. They we've 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 created a partnership and through through my show. And I learned, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to set myself up for a program in there. I'm going to do it every single day. I'm going to log my food. I'm going to do my 45 minute walk every day, either before or after my lift. And I'm going to be happy about it. And that's my journey right now. So I'm leading my workouts now with more of a, a, a love for myself. Right. And so with 75 hard, like I said, man, I was just punishing me. I was punishing me, Sean, you son of a bitch. How could you do this? It was just like, you know, this mission to destroy myself to a point where I just wasn't fat any longer. And and I don't think that's the right way to look at fitness. Surely from a standpoint of shame, right? It brings out a lot of shame, but zero longevity and right. zero sustainability, right? 100%. So, um, you know. Got to come at it from the right mindset. Totally agree. Yeah, man. Got 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 to bring some joy. Bring some joy. Right, like to the the journey. And and, and I'm not saying anything's wrong with 75 hard by 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 any means. What I'm saying is, for me, the reason why I did it weren't the right reasons. Got it. Got it. So so let's talk. You know, the mental game a little bit, right? Kind of your niche, kind of your expertise. I'm sure it's what you talk about with a lot of your clients and your athletes that you work with. And I'm sure that you see a lot of, you know, limiting 
self-beliefs with the teams and the clients, you know, that, that you are coaching, what are the most common, you know, limiting self-beliefs that you come across? The one thing that I see mostly in t with today's athletes, and it rang true for me, is one, there's a fear of the unknown. Okay. Um, that doesn't go away as we get older. Like we fear the unknown. I fear the unknown all the time. For sure. The, the, the difference is how I respond to it now, right? As a collegiate athlete or a high school athlete or even a little league player or, you know, a young boy or girl playing AAU basketball, they don't really know how to filter that information. So what I mean by that is you see an athlete say, hey, I am really afraid of the unknown. I don't know where I'm going after this. And then it paralyzes them in that very, very moment. Right. And so they're not able to move with grace. They're not able to be grateful in that very moment that they're in in order to get them kind of out of that fixed mindset. Right. So what I like to do is talk to them about what gratitude means. Like, what are you grateful for right now? There's cause, cause you know, Johnny, there's a lot of kids that can't play basketball. I am sure you've been at Walmart or target before, and you've seen a child in a wheelchair and they may not be able to do the things that you do. They can't run up and down the court. You know, you have a lot of freedom that they don't have. So can we agree that you're grateful for that? And then I get them to buy into the fact that, you know what? I am grateful for that. So, okay. Now the next step is diving into your standard or your process on an everyday basis, right? Whatever you need to do is just part of your DNA, right? And there no buzzwords here, right? It's just the fact that I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go for my workout. That's who Sean French is. You know, if you're going to wake up and go, you know, shoot 153 free throws, that is who Brett is, right? So let's take that on, right? Let's really take that on and be like, okay, I can't fear the unknown because I'm so present right now. Love that, that is one of the biggest things that athletes are facing now. Love that. The other one, dude, and this is something that has always been there. And if there's any athletes or peak performers that are listening or even salespeople, business people, entrepreneurs that are listening is dude, the pressure to succeed, like the external pressure that you may feel from the outside sources as a kid would be your parent and your coaches, right? You know, you're being judged on your performance, right? Right. And then if you're in a career, you are being judged on performing, right? And you want to be a peak performer, but man, a lot of times what happens is it scares the shit out of people. Right. Sure. Because of course. Now, now they're not taking action because of the fear of the unknown. Right. They're not lazy. They're not lazy. Like anybody who's out there and, and I never tell a kid that they're lazy. Never. I go, you're uninspired and you're scared. Right. Why is that? What are you afraid of right now? Why are you, you know, you need to do your, your sprints. You know, you need to do all the things that are going to make you a better athlete. What are you afraid of? They go, well, I'm afraid if I do all this stuff, I'm still not going to be good enough. And the answer, the question I have back is, okay, where's that getting you? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? 100%. So that's what I'm seeing in a lot of athletes, man. You know, and, and, and it wasn't until I flipped that switch and realized like, dude, I got to go back to working with athletes. Cause that's, that's where I, that's where I feel my calling is. Sure. 
Sure. Very cool. And I love how it all comes back to, you know, being grateful, right? I think that, you know, we, we can overcome a lot of the fears that are in front of us that are holding us back from taking action towards our dreams. If we just get grateful in the moment for what we have right now, the opportunity that we have right now, that that's powerful stuff. And it's an important to, you know, have a, a gratitude practice, whether that's journaling every day or maybe once a week, or maybe just on your car ride home the same time every day, you know, pick out one or two things that you're really grateful about today in this moment, whether it's a relationship or something that happened to you during your day, having some type of gratitude practice in place can really allow you to be courageous and just take more action in your life. I totally agree with that. I definitely give some major perspective, man. You're spot on, Brett. Totally. I mean, a hundred percent gratitude, super important. And I'm sure that, you know, a lot of, you know, you're interviewing some of the top entrepreneurs in the world on the determined society podcast. I'm sure a lot of them probably have some type of gratitude habit. Are there any other habits or traits that, that you've kind of consistently seen as like a through line through all these hyper successful people that you speak with on a weekly basis? They seek adversity, dude. And they seek failure as early and as often as they possibly can get there. The quicker that they fail, the quicker they know they're going to be successful. See, there's this thing out there that, you know, I don't know if it's bestowed upon us from our grandparents or our parents or whatever it is, whatever the, the older adult, the elders, right. When we're kids failing is not, is not failing is bad right? You didn't want to fail. Okay. As you get older, you realize anything great in this world is done after a failure. Your muscles get bigger when you take them to failure, right? Um, the lessons that we learn when we have a failed business or when our business isn't going the way it needs to, or when you have a shitty podcast recording, or when you can't hit the baseball, those failures are going to tell you a story. Now from that story, where are you taking them? Right? Are you taking them to a point where, okay, cool. I know this happened. I wasn't prepared. I didn't take my extra swings. Now I know I'm going to take my extra swings and I'm going to control whatever I can to be empowered in that moment on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Or are you going to say, I knew it. I just wasn't good enough. I suck. I can't hit the baseball. If I keep this up, man. Jennifer is going to take my spot. Like, like it doesn't, you know, it's like you have to be able to work through that adversity and these high level entrepreneurs, they, they get that they're grateful for the times that they've lost everything. Now that a lot of them may say that on a podcast interview to sound cool. I don't sure. know. I can't get inside their heart and tell them whether they're lying or not. But what I can tell you is they've all failed a lot. My buddy, David Meltzer lost a hundred million dollars and that dude's back, back bigger and better than ever. Like, like dude, that, that's, that's a failure. Does he fear that will happen again? Yeah. But he stays present and he's grateful for the moment that he's in. Right. And he, and he, and he preaches love and light and, and that dude, you know, he's a testament. Uh, that's powerful. I like that answer. Something like that. Yeah. That's a really powerful answer. The most successful people, the people that are having the greatest impact on this planet, they seek adversity. They seek it on a regular basis. They seek out failure. Cause like you said, similar to the gym, your muscles grow bigger when, you know, when you rep to failure, I think that's a, that's a really, really cool comparison there. And it, yeah. it, it rings so true. 
seek out failure, guys. It, it, it's there to help us grow. And if we're not failing, then we're not growing. And that sounds so cliche, but God, it's so true. Dude, and stretch yourselves. Like I challenge you guys that are listening to stretch yourself. Whatever you think is possible, double down on it, multiply it by a thousand. I don't care. Like, you know, for, for me, I try to get the best guests on my show, right? And, you know, we're going to be, you know, pivoting a little bit about who you see on my show. But there was times where I go, I'm going big. I'm going after Ryan Reynolds. I'm going after Kevin Hart, right? And none of those worked out. But like the thought that like I have the confidence to go and, and find what agency they, who works for them and call them like, and try to look, try to link it up. Like, dude, that's initiative, right? That's taking control of my destiny, you know? So, you know, think bigger guys. I agree. I think most people do not set big enough goals mm -hmm. for themselves and they really limit their lives, you know, you know, with those limited goals, you know, set big goals just by setting enormous, audacious, crazy, you know, amazing goals. You're kind of already setting yourself away from the pack because 90% of people out there will never write down that goal. will never even envision that goal because they think they can't accomplish it. But by just setting that goal, writing it down, you've almost put yourself in another class. Dude, it's, it's a good point. And I want to take it a step further, dude. I think you're going to love this. So I haven't told you this, but I'm creating an online athlete community to where we hop on, you know, a zoom call once a week, we talk about, you know, elite mindset versus fixed mindset and really diving into the mental peak performance, the peak performance of these athletes, right? Because you can train the body all you want, but if you don't train the mind, you're done. Like you're 100%. done. You, you can go play little high school sports and maybe low level division two division, you know, three or whatever, some small school. But if you train your mind, you're going to go a whole lot further, right? And I had known that earlier, maybe I, maybe I make it to the major leagues. I don't know. But this is the one thing that I'm super excited to, to work with these athletes on is standards versus goals, right? So if I focus on a goal, right, of being an entrepreneur 100% by the end of this year, I'm probably going to fall short, right? Because I'm going to paralyze myself. I'm going to have that fear of the unknown, the fear of failure, right? Sure. Um, the performance anxiety of the fact that, you know, pressure to perform. But what if I say part of my standard is to reach out to five athletes a day, every single day, do my own workouts, put out great content, talk to athletes, and then do it over and over and over again. How quickly am I going to build my online athlete community? Pretty quick. Cause you're committing to the process. Cause it's my standard. It's what I'm doing. I'm not focused on the goal. Now I think everybody should have goals. I'm not saying goals suck guys. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you are struggling to hit your goal, think of it that way, the standard, what is your process? Right. And, and do that every single day, make it a part of your DNA. That's what Brett does. He wakes up, he contacts all the badass podcast hosts and great entrepreneurs that he wants to interview you're going to get them and your show's going to grow from it. Right? So I just, I always like to take that a step further because it helps the athletes because they're focused on the performance goal. But what if we didn't focus on that? 
I totally agree. I think, yes, having the goals and the peripheral and, and looking mm -hmm. at them and knowing what you're striving for is important, but committing yourself to that daily process, that daily standard is even more important. I mean, I, I had on a, um, uh, a New York City um, mega successful real estate agent like a month ago. His name is Mick Destazio. I mean, it's literally, he doesn't have a team. It's just him and an assistant. And, you know, he's doing over a million dollars in revenue a year just by himself. And I asked him, I'm like, you know, how do you organize your quarterly and, you know, your yearly goals? And he's like, you know, I set yearly goals. I hardly even look at them, but here's what I do every single day. And that's all I really care about. And I really think when you break it down and you just hold yourself to a daily standard of tasks that you're going to hit hell or high water, that's going to get you a lot farther than just looking at some vision board, you know, every single day. <laughs> yeah, vision boards work. Vision boards work, but they're half the story, right? For sure. They're half the story. It's not like you're going to blink and the Lambo is going to be in your, in your, in your driveway. Right. And I'm right? for the vision boards and the affirmations. I'm with it too, but right. But, but the, the daily process is, is really what, what's going to get you there. You know, I, I think affirmations are great, dude. I, I think, you know, where I get really, I guess, agitated with affirmations. Cause that's one of the talking points um, that is affirmations work. If you do, of course, you, you know, there, there's too many people right now, you know, standing in the mirror, looking at themselves. I am worthy. I am this, I am mm -hmm. that. And I get it. And I love it. Great. And you are worthy. You are all those things, but why aren't you working at it? You know, for, for me, it's about the affirmation backed up with the action because one doesn't work without the other. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I think it, it can be helpful to have maybe a mantra that you go back to internally when you're feeling a little stuck, when you're feeling a little resistance to work. Um, one that I heard a long time ago on a really good podcast, Impact Theory, Tom Bilyeu, is uh, when I make a plan, I follow through. That's who I am and that's why I win. And that's one that stuck with me. It's one I say to myself every single day when, so I'm, when I'm only halfway down my to-do list and all I want to do is sit on the couch and watch golf. You know, I'll say that to myself a couple times and it really yeah. will get me to continue taking the action I know I need to take. That's so powerful, Bob. That's so powerful. And that is like everything that is the key to being successful in athletics. It is a key to being an amazing realtor like you are. It is a key to anything, right? Like make a plan, stick with it, do what you said you're going to do. That's it. It's pretty simple when it comes down to it. Of course, simple to say, not simple in process. No, that's the thing, right? There's the catch. But if yeah. you acknowledge how important it is, and when you make a, a promise to yourself, you realize how incredibly important it is to keep integrity with yourself, mm -hmm. then I think you can really start picking up some serious momentum. If you, if you make five promises a day to yourself and you just keep knocking those five promises down, then it's almost like you become superhuman. And it's like, whatever, mm -hmm. I, write, whatever I write down in this paper is going to happen because I Absolutely. know I'm going to keep this promise to myself. Because you become that dude, that girl, right? That's That's just that force to be reckoned with, right? Like I said, I was going to make those five calls today. I made them. I got one appointment. That's awesome. It's awesome. 100%. You know? I'd so. say one other thing that I've seen is kind of like a through line from all the top performers that I've spoken with across various industries on, on my podcast is, you know, the top performers I've spoken with are all very clear on their why, you know, they know why they work as hard as they do. Now, curious if you coach your athletes and the people you work with on how to discover their why and, and if it's important to maybe remind themselves of their why on a regular basis.
No, I do, man. I think it's different for everybody. And I think it changes as that person evolves. Right. So like the Sean you're talking to now is a different version of Sean four months ago. Sure. Right. It just, that's, we evolve as, as, as human beings. Um, so I always want them to connect for the reasons why they, if someone tells me I have to go play like my son, this is a funny one. He's nine. Daddy, I want to go play baseball at LSU. Why? How did you come up with that? Like, you know, what would that mean for you? Well, that's where you played. I said, okay. Does it mean that you need to go play there? Like, like what, you know, like I, I go, and I'm all for it, but you know, he's nine though. It's a little early for that. But, but for me, I like to ask my athletes, like what, where's this coming from? You know, like truly, what is it? Like, and, and I get a lot of this, you know, if I look back to me, when I was in high school, my why for being a badass on the diamond was because it stopped the bullying. Interesting. You know, I, you know, I got, I got bullied a little bit until, you know, one day I had to put the bully down after baseball practice, <laughs> you know, and, and it was just one of those things, man. I was scared out of my mind. He came at me. He had me down. He was stronger than me, bit me in my lat. Right. And I finally got up. I pushed him against the rails and he came over and I hit him once. And I split his eye. Damn, he and bit you in the lat, on, huh? <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Are you biting me? Let me up, man. Who, who bites a man in the lat? <laughs> Jesus. And, and, and Ken, if you listen to this, I love you, dude. We're, me and him have uh, reconciled a, a, a way long ago. That's my guy. But, you know, I, I think for my why back then was it, it, bring, it brought respect, right? So I, I think that people do need to dive into it because a lot of it can be ego-driven. And, you know, we do want to stay away from that. You know, we wanted to make sure this is really what you want to do. But, you know, when people ask me what my why is, man, I, it's, I just want my kids to see me do really cool shit. You know, I want my kids to know that anything's possible if they put the work in and they make it a part of their DNA. Right. So that's what I'm shooting for. Right. I love that. My, my kids are old enough to see like my podcast studio in here. Well, you know, in a year or two, when they walk into a full on facility and they see what daddy created, it's going to show them a story, right? That they can do the same thing. And they could also see it didn't start like that. You know, they, they know I'm in the trenches right now. That's a great they're upstairs. Lie. They're upstairs like, ch like church mouses right now, like waiting for me to cook dinner. You God, know, it's like, God bless they them. know it. <laughs> I mean, my 60 month old is downstairs too. I think when we Aww. finish up, we'll, we'll be cooking him dinner, but I, I, I think that that's a powerful line, man. So your kids can watch you do really cool shit. And I think that that is really powerful to, for your children to watch you go out there and go for your dreams. It's going to teach them to do the same. I think, I think a lot of parents feel like, well, I've got children now. I'm going to sacrifice my dreams you know, just to go do a job I'm not passionate about to pay the bills. But the truth is they're watching you do that. And then they're probably going to do that. So I, I think the best thing you can do as a parent, of course, spend meaningful present time with your children, but you got to be going for your dreams because that's going to teach them to do the same. Yeah. Cause if you're a parent listening to this and you're saying, you know, I'm a parent now and I'm just going to go through the motions, your children are seeing that and you're showing them something. And if you're okay with your son or daughter, finding another role model, then keep doing what you're doing. But if you want to wake up one day and walk downstairs and your son or your daughter say, daddy, gosh, you, your muscles are getting bigger. 
that's showing them that the hard work is showing is is coming out in the physical world and you are now teaching your children who the role model is now they look to you that's what we want very cool stuff so happy you brought that up it's honestly probably the reason I started my podcast in January you know it was it was it had been something that had been knocking around in my mind for probably a couple of years, you know, just thinking about starting that podcast. I think I could be pretty good at it. I think I could be pretty passionate about it. And then finally having a son just kind of kick something loose. And you're like, I got to do it right now. I got to do it so that this little guy can, can watch me really go after what I'm passionate about in life. So that hopefully one day he does the same. I think that that is really, really powerful stuff, Sean. Well, you um, are a really good interviewer. Cool. I, Sean, I appreciate that. Hey, Endorsement from, on the air for sure, dude. Thank you, for brother. Sure. Thank you so much, man. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we, we've kind of talked about how important, you know, physical fitness is to you and working out. And that's a habit that kind of brings life to everything else you do. Are there any other habits that have kind of been pivotal to your growth over these last few years? Maybe like journaling or, or reading or, or meditation or anything in that realm that you feel like has really allowed you to get to that next level? So yes and no. And here's what I mean. I don't do a good enough job journaling. It is a weak spot. It is a blind spot of mine. I would be so much better and so much more enlightened if I just brain dumped onto the paper. I'm sure I would have more creativity. I don't do it, but I need to. For me, as far as meditation, I use my workout time as my active meditation. That's where my downloads come. Like I, I get there. I 45 minute walk and then an hour lift. And I am thinking the whole time I am, I'm literally just, well, I don't want to say thinking, but I'm tuning into who I am, what I want to accomplish, right? Sure, what I want sure. to do, what, what's my vision. So that, that, that's my meditation. But the other thing is I'm very strategic, right? So when I'm, yeah. when I'm planning out my, my work day or planning out my, my days where I'm in the studio shooting, yeah. it's on. It, it, it's in a, a physical planner, pencil written in Love like, that. who I'm interviewing at what time, exact time, what time am I eating? What time am I doing my workout? What time am I going to go for a walk later? If I'm going to do an, an evening walk, right? Sure. Like all of these different things, right? Like for me, you know, to your point, like you do, you have a plan, you got to stick with it. So if I put it on paper, it has to be done. Like I can't go to bed without it being done. So those are the two things, man, active meditation in the gym. And so then when I don't lift and I'm, I'm miserable that day, right? Sundays are really hard for me, dude. <laughs> yeah. Because a walk just doesn't do it for me. Like it, it doesn't like a lot of times I think like I still need to go to the gym and I should probably just add like an hour long ab day right? And a 45 minute walk. Because for me, like I like the routine for me, routine planning and then the active meditation is huge. Love that. I love that. And I think, yeah, time blocking, you know, what you do in your calendar there is, is just a super effective way to really get a lot done. So yeah, I do the same thing in my calendar the next day. I'll, I'll try and fill in the blanks. Like, you know, when am I going to work out? You know, when am I going to prepare for that next interview? When am I going to script content? Whatever it is, mm -hmm. I think just waking up at whatever time you wake up, 5am, 6am, 7am, and really having a crystal clear idea of what you want to accomplish and when you want to accomplish it can make all the difference as opposed to just waking up and having like a few different to do's <laughs> wander around your brain. You've got like a million things that you've got to get done, but you're not going to get them all done today. And I think just knowing when you wake up in the morning, what you want to do and when in your day you're actually going to get it done is, is really 
something I see a lot of high achievers do. Yeah, and dude, I think one of the biggest things that people are, you know, lying about social media on social media is you have to wake up at 2 a.m. or you have to wake up at 4. You guys, I, no, you don't. You know what works for you. If you have to wake up at 4 a.m. to get a workout in because that's part of your what what your non-negotiables are, then dude, wake up at 4 a.m. There's days where I where I won't wake up at 4 a.m. I'll get my workout done in the evening, right? Uh, I really like to get it done in the morning, but if I have to be somewhere early for work, I, I'm not, I, it is what it is, right? So, you know, don't shame yourselves because you're not waking up because that influencer told you you have to wake up at 2.58 a.m. You fucking don't. You don't. You need to be strategic. You need to plan your day. You need to follow through with your word because that's what you have to stand on. doesn't matter what time it gets done as long as it gets done. Totally agree. I have talked to high performers that wake up at, you know, 4 a.m. I've talked to some that like to sleep until 8 a.m. And they do their best work between the hours of like 6 and 10 p.m. I think everyone's a little different is when they're yeah. a peak performer. You got to know thyself. You don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. or, you know, 4 a.m. or wh whatever that CEO wakes up at. You got to figure out what works for you. Um, just a couple of things. But before we wrap sure. up here, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, input determines output, right? So, you know, someone like yourself who, who's really just grown a really large brand in the thought leader space over the past couple of years is someone I'd like to ask this question. Anything in that span, maybe just before this rise or maybe during it, books or seminars that have been most impactful for you? You know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty internal, man. You know, I do, I do like seminars. I do like books. They don't really drive me though. I use them for information. I use them for, um, I guess you would say, uh, inspiration to know what's possible. Um, but one of my favorite books is, um, shoe dog by Phil Knight, okay. Nike, the Nike story. I'm looking at my, my, uh, bookcase over here. Nice. Um, think and grow rich is a really good one that I love. Classic. Um, got me to visualize, got me to, you know, think about things a little bit deeper than just sure. on surface area. Um, the one that I'm just staring at that I just, I can't seem to finish is, uh, Jay Shetty's think like a monk. I just can't do it. <laughs> it's just chilling me out too much, man. I'm going to fall asleep. I read it. Um, I read it. It, it. It's, you know, it, it definitely inspires me to want to meditate, but I, but I yeah. agree. It's, it, it's not, uh, not my jam. it's not good. Get out there and kick ass, uh, personal development literature. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so I would, you know, the atomic habits is really good. Um, but as far as seminars, no, not really, you know, um, what really drives me is having amazing conversations like this sure. with, with show, with my, with my guests on my show, because dude, it's 45 to 60 minutes of uninterrupted time with high level people like, holy shit. Like you don't need to go to a seminar for that. Like I use it as coaching sessions. 100%. Like, think about that. Like, that's why I'm trying to extract all this amazing information from all these individuals to, to give to my audience. But also, I'm like, hmm, what perspectives can I use? You know, I, I, am I doing any of this or am I doing anything detrimental to my business? Right. It's all a learning experience. So for me, it's really the active work. Right. I love that. And I, that's actually kind of the reason. Maybe not the reason, but maybe what helped me get over the mental hump of starting a podcast that I was, I was like, you know what, maybe if I go out there and I make a hundred episodes and it totally flops and no one ever listens at the end of that hundred episodes, I would have gotten face to face with a hundred incredible people. And that alone 
would, would be worth it. So that was kind of like, gold, bro. that is really kind of how I got myself over that mental hump and actually got this thing started was, you know, I kind of made that deal with my, myself. Hey, listen, maybe this thing won't work out. Maybe it won't be successful, but you're going to get face to face, voice to voice with some incredible people. And you're going to grow a lot just because of that. Um, and dude, and then what you got to think about is define success. You know, 100%. define, how do you define a successful podcast? Like, you know, for me, it's about what connections are you going to make? Like before this, we were cool. We would email back and forth. We'd message, dude, now we're going to be friends. No, like, we're bros now, Sean yeah, French. Like straight up. And like anybody who knows me, like knows that's what I fucking mean. Like straight up, you build some amazing relationships doing what we do. And I think the reason, you know, outside of like, I'm, you know, everybody interviews assholes and you're like, all right, I'm not going to be cool with that guy or her. They're, they're a shit show. You don't want to be a part of that. But like, <laughs> we know how much goes into it. We know about the post-production. We know about, you know, it costs money to have this amazing Riverside program, right? We know it costs money to have these microphones. We know it's, you know, you know, time is currency and we know all these things. And so you tend to respect that fellow podcaster much, much more than, you know, somebody you're seeing on YouTube, right? hundred oh, percent. It's like, like, fuck, I get this guy, you know, hundred percent. Like I know what's going on right now. Right. I get it. So. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to do the prep for the podcast, you know, you, you've got to book premium guests. I mean, that, yeah. that's another big part of the equation. Oh, there's, there's certainly more that goes into it than just, you know, showing up with the iPhone and recording a voice note, like, like, like we've both done, Dude, <laughs> like we've both back. done, like we've both <laughs> back at it, man. It's just like, seriously, Sean, you know, the first, the first ever show was just like, it was just bad. Dude. Gets the ball rolling though. It gets the ball sure rolling. Does, and that's man. the most important part. And I'm sure you feel, it, I feel it too. I feel I get a little better every time, a little better yeah. at directing the conversation in a place that's going to be valuable for the audience. You know, it's like, how can I extract as, as much wisdom from my guests as I possibly can so that my audience can take away one tidbit, implement it in their life and be better because of it. So, it, man. you know, last question here, one I like to end on is like for anyone listening right now, and maybe they're, they're in a job or they're in a business and they're, and they're not really seeing a lot of, of growth. They're not feeling really passionate about what they're doing right now. You know, for lack of a better term, they're feeling stuck. How do they get unstuck? Well, I think first you got to be really honest with yourself and look in the mirror and say, am I doing everything that I need to do? Right. What does that mean? Like that person that, that you're wanting to be, whether it's a six figure earner or seven figure earner, whatever that means to you, what would that person do every day? And then ask yourself, are you doing that? Right. And then get, you know, get really clear on you're probably not right. Right. Cause that, that's really one of the leading indicators that we're not where we're at is where we want to be is because we're not doing everything we need to be doing. Right. So identifying that, and then creating a plan to do that and then just sticking to it and, and, and be willing to fucking suck at something like be willing to, to, to throw a shitty first episode out, right? Be willing to fall on your face in the gym, be willing to fall on your face, writing your first book and no one buys it. It's all, it's, you're not starting over. You're starting from experience. That's the point, right? So just be honest with yourself, dissect your every move and then move forward in either direction. Embrace the suck. I love Dude, it. You have to, man. You, have you to gotta know. embrace the suck, man. Sean, man. 
This has been awesome, dude. Thank you for taking the time. I know the audience is going to take a couple things away from this episode and they're going to be better because of it. Where can people keep up with all you're up to online right now? Yeah, dude. So um, at the Sean French uh, on Instagram, it's S H A W N F R E N C H. You can shoot me an email, Sean.French at the determined society.com. Like, dude, shoot me a message, guys. Follow me, follow along, engage. I'm an open book. If you guys want to chat, I'm not going to be someone that ignores you. I'm actually one of those people that actually reads the requests. And if you're not trying to sell me Bitcoin or, you know, try to sell me engagement packages, I am so down. And Brett knows this. I will respond as soon as I get the message. Good stuff, man. Thanks for being here. Everyone out there, thanks for being here as well. As always, if you've got some time, we always appreciate an honest review. That way we can get this message to more people down the road. Until next week, guys, get out there and do big things.